Welcome back to the Traders Point Church of Christ podcast, and thank you for joining us. Each week, we open up the Bible for just a few minutes and discuss God's Word together. We discuss its meaning and the ways in which we can apply it in our walk as followers of Christ. If you'd like more information about the Traders Point Church of Christ, you can visit our website at traderspointchurch.org, and you can follow us on Facebook and YouTube as well. If you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, please take just a second to do that so you can stay up to date on all of the content that's put out on this channel. Thanks again for joining us, and enjoy today's conversation. Thank you once again for studying along with us. We have been over the last several weeks studying from the book of 1 Timothy. We have covered chapters 1, 2, and 3, and now we're ready to dive into chapter 4. Uh, th- this is a chapter uh, where Paul will continue to lay some admonitions and some instruction on Timothy uh, to talk to the brethren there in Ephesus about, but uh, it- it's a pretty heavy one here in chapter 4, and we'll get into that as John and I talk about uh, for a few minutes this incredible chapter. We'll read it together here in just a moment, but before we do, John, why don't you catch us up on, on where we are, maybe a little bit of context about what's happening uh, maybe if someone hasn't been able to to listen in just yet to kind of set us up for what we've got coming in chapter four. Yeah, this is a letter we've talked about it. I think pretty much every week that is is very personal in nature. Paul writing to Timothy, who isn't just an acquaintance. He's not just someone that he traveled with a little bit. You could make the argument that of the people we know, Timothy is probably the closest to Paul. Uh, Paul will will routinely refer to him as his son, and there really does appear to be kind of a father-son relationship between these two, Paul no doubt being quite a bit older, and and really seeing in Timothy the potential for a, a strong leader within the Lord's church, a teacher. He had enough confidence in him to leave him in Ephesus to continue the Lord's work there, a place where Paul spent a great deal of time and has very strong feelings for the church in Ephesus and the people there. And so he clearly has a great deal of trust in Timothy, a great deal of love for Timothy. And that comes across in this letter as Paul seeks to encourage him in a lot of ways. We're going to see that at the end of this chapter. There are times where Paul is going to try to build Timothy up and encourage him in the work that he's doing because he's got a big job in front of him. This is no small thing that Timothy is endeavoring to do. And Paul realizes that, and he's trying to encourage him. And then in doing that, he's helping Timothy understand the the structure of the Lord's church that God wants to see. And that's what we've seen in chapters 2 and 3. And then in chapter 4, we'll get into it today, but there's some caution and some warning that Paul wants to give to Timothy around those who would seek to disrupt the order and the structure that God expects and intends for his church to have. And so it's a, it's a very instructional letter in the way that it's written, but it's one that, that really comes from a place of love and a place of, of wanting to see Timothy succeed and wanting to see him grow in his faith. And it can do the same for us today. It can be instructional in the way that it's written as we think about the Lord's church, and it should and can be uplifting and encouraging to us as as Christians seeking to serve God today. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. We're going to read this text um, together here in just a moment. Uh, before that, you know, just uh, you know, kind of reiterate some of the things that Paul's going to talk about specifically here in chapter four. He's alluded to already a little bit in chapter one, but the allusions that he makes in chapter one are really specific 
in his teaching here in chapter 4. And there's a weight to it for sure um, that we'll certainly spend time in talking about and dealing with. But before we get into any of that, let's read this text together in, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, beginning of verse 1. It says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. If you instruct the brethren in these things, you will be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and of the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. But reject profane and old wives' fables, and exercise yourself towards godliness. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptance. For to this end we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. These things command and teach. Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Now, before we get into kind of the beginning of this, there's something that uh, is made mention specifically in verse 12 that we've talked a lot about, but it is made mention of here, so maybe it'll be a good spot for us to, to kind of start. We, we made mention at the very beginning of when we were setting up this study that we don't know exactly how old Timothy is here. We, we don't, we're not given his exact age. But we know he's a young man, and we know that because it's specifically made mention of his youth. Mm-hmm. If he was not a young person, it, you wouldn't have what Paul admonishes him with here in verse 12. And so because he says, let no one despise your youth, we, we can you know deduce in every way that Timothy's a young person here. But yet what he's asked to do and to think about and to, uh, to meditate on, and as he said, these things command and teach are weighty things for anybody, much less a young person. But you have this beautiful end you know, to this chapter where, where Paul is, he's almost coming across to, to Timothy. It's almost very Moses to Joshua-like, mm-hmm. you know, at the very end of Moses's life when he is just laying on Joshua the heavy weight of being a leader of God's people, but assuring him, you can do this. Mm-hmm. You can do this. It, it reminds me of that, where Paul is laying on this heavy responsibility of leadership on Timothy, but yet it feels like this assurance of, listen, you you can do this. And and it really, to me, it comes across as really personal. We Mm -hmm. talked about that a lot last week, but it it is, this is a personal moment. Most certainly 12 through 16 comes across that way as a very personal moment from Paul to Timothy. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and while you know we don't know exactly how old Timothy is here, 
we certainly get the indication, and we see it a lot more in Second Timothy, but even here some in First Timothy as you're referencing, you know, Paul knows that, you know, he, he mentioned it in, in chapter 3, he'd, he'd love to come and see Timothy, um, but there is a, almost a sense of, I would love for that to happen, but you almost get the sense that Paul is starting to come to some realizations that it may not. Right. And he may have seen Timothy for the last time. And you certainly get that in Second Timothy, <laughs> sure. as he knows at that point. But, but regardless, Paul knows the situation that he's in, and, and there's a high likelihood that he, he's not going to be able to, to see Timothy again in the, in the flesh. And, and so I think that does come into play at the end of this chapter in the way that he talks to him. And again, certainly as as the letters continue in Second Timothy, he, there are some very important things that Paul wants to make sure he has the opportunity to say to Timothy. He knows the responsibility that Timothy has been given, and he knows him as a faithful man, but as you pointed out, one that is still relatively young. And again, whether that's in his 30s or whatever it might be, he's relatively young, and he's being given a big responsibility and Paul feels that for him, just like a father would for their child. No matter, I'm, I mean, I'm 38 years old. My dad still feels for some of the things that I'm going through as a parent. You know, I have young children at home. Well, he hasn't had young children at home for a very long time, but he remembers the stress and the strain that can come with being a father to young children. He feels for me as I'm going through some of the things that he's gone through in his life. I think we're seeing some of that with Paul. Paul's dealt with false teachers. Paul's had to battle some of those people. Paul has had to stand up for the truth. And now, as as a little bit of an older man, he is seeing Timothy having to go through some of the same things that he went through. And he feels for him. And he wants to encourage him. And he wants him, wants to build him up as he goes through some of those things. So again, you get to see kind of that father-son relationship between these two. Yeah, so you know, going at the beginning of this chapter, it, it's it, it's striking to me how matter-of-fact Paul is about some of these things. Um, where it isn't like you need to prepare yourself because there's a chance something like this is going to take place, yeah. or you, you you need to kind of keep your eyes open because maybe somebody will be you know coming in. But he he writes about it in a very matter of fact kind of way. Mm-hmm. Even you know from there in verse one, some will depart from the faith. Right, this is absolutely going to happen, and, and they're going to give heed to deception and lies and hypocrisy. You know, it, it's it's all of the tools that Satan uses. I mean, it is his. It is his number one tools, deception and lies, you know, that is constantly used. And, and Paul it tells Timothy that you, there's going to be people that's going to fall prey to that. And then there's going to be attempts to pull even more away. And so you, you've got to be careful about those things. And, you know, in verse 6, you have, you know, this idea, you need to instruct the, instruct the brethren of these things. We've already made mention of verse 11, these things command and teach. And so these are directives now. Yeah. That Paul is giving to to Timothy as the evangelist there, and, and you know, just as a, a quick aside, you and I both as evangelists, it, it, this is a powerful chapter for us. Mm-hmm. Is certainly, you know, from how verse eight, you know, down through sixteen, mm-hmm. where you have these admonitions to to Timothy the evangelist on how to equip himself 
for this task, mm-hmm. right? And there's some very specific things that can can easily still be followed by any evangelist even today. A hundred percent. And you know, it is it is a, a stark reminder that certainly while an eldership has a responsibility to to stand up and protect a congregation from false teachers, the responsibility of teaching and instructing as it pertains to these dangers and pitfalls that are going to face all of us, it falls on the shoulders of evangelists who have taken on that responsibility to responsibly, appropriately, and powerfully teach about these things so that others will be aware of them and they won't fall victim to it. Or if some do, they won't draw others away with them. That's a heavy responsibility and you know, I, as you read all of all of First Timothy, I mean, we've we've studied through the first three chapters. We've still got some to go, but I've got written in, at the top of my Bible at the beginning of First Timothy that preaching is not for the faint of heart. And I think when you read a passage like this, and this isn't the only place in this letter where that sentiment is is reiterated, but it comes across very strong here in chapter four that this is not a work that's to be taken lightly. It, it's something that requires a great deal of thought and, and recognition of, of what you're putting yourself into and the responsibility that's being placed on your shoulders to, to teach the Word of God so as to prepare a congregation for some of these dangers that they're going to be facing. Because like you said, it's not you might or it's not if, it's these things are going to happen and these these false teachings are going to be at your doorstep. And they, they may look a little bit differently. The specifics may be a little bit different here and there, but we're all going to face them. And it's a, it's a strong reminder, certainly to you and I and to all of us, to be prepared for that. Yeah, I mean, just to list out the things specifically that he has as directives to Timothy the evangelist, right? It's interesting that he's, he's writing to him and he's saying, these are things you're going to have to talk to the brethren about. But at the same time, it, 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 there is a litany of things where Paul is speaking directly to Timothy. Mm-hmm. These are things, as the evangelist, you need to give attention to. So you have things like we've already made mention of, verse 6, you're going to have to instruct the brethren about these kinds of things. Verse 7, you're going to have to exercise yourself toward godliness. Verse 11, you're going to have to command and teach. Verse 12, you're going to have to be an example there in the church. Verse 13, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. you got to give attention to those things. Verse 14, don't neglect the gift or the abilities that has been given to you, that your progress, so you've got to continue to grow, and you can't neglect the growth that is out in front of you. Verse 15, meditating, meditating on those things. Again, talking about the progress that's there. And then even there in verse 16, taking heed to yourself in that those teachings, continuing in them. And so all of those things are directly to Timothy. Mm-hmm. And, and these aren't uh, Paul telling Timothy, this is what I want you to tell others. He has already done that. This is Paul to Timothy yep. for Timothy. And, uh, and man, they are some powerful directives. You know, there's, there's so much that could be said here. And, you know, I, I just began preaching on a full-time basis just under two years ago. And you know, prior to doing that, I talked to you a lot about that. I talked to my dad a lot about that, to the elders here a lot about that, to a lot of people. And, and I got, you know, a lot of advice, as I'm sure you did, as you were making that decision to right. to take on this responsibility. And, and one of the things that pretty much every preacher that I talked to 
told me was don't get so caught up in teaching others, helping others, being there for others, that you neglect your own faith and your own study and your own time in the Word. Because I think that's something that preachers can sometimes get caught up in. They can give of themselves so much, preparing lessons and teaching and helping other people understand things, and be so involved in that that they can neglect some of these important principles in their own life and in their own faith. And I think that's what Paul is trying to help Timothy uh, be sure that he doesn't neglect some of these things. Listen, you've got a big job ahead of you. Right. You've got to be well-nourished in order to do that. You've got to be strong in order to do that. You've got to be prepared in order to do that. That means you need to meditate on these things. That means you need to spend time reading. That means you need to spend time in prayer. and all. The, you need to be prepared for that. You can't neglect yourself just because of the responsibility that you have to other people. And so I think that's a really important lesson for, for anyone who, who is considering this type of work. It's an important lesson for any Christian mm-hmm. to, to make sure that you never become so outward focused that you neglect the inside yourself. Uh, but certainly for someone who, who is thinking about preaching or is in that role already, make sure that you're taking time to nourish your soul and, and to spend time in the Word, just you and God, it, you need to be strengthened in that way so that you can fulfill your role and your responsibilities. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, and you know, it, it is, it, it's something that has to be in the mind of the evangelist all the time because it, it can be something easily left behind where you're so focused on these other things, big things even, you lose sight of yourself. And if you lose sight of yourself, you being equipped to help others is going to fall way behind. And Paul certainly doesn't want that for Timothy and certainly doesn't want that for us as well. Well, that'll be a good place for us to stop here at the very end of chapter 4. We appreciate everybody for sitting along with us, these four chapters so far. We'll continue our study through First Timothy. We'll pick up there in chapter 5 next week.